Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of You, Me and the GP and it's me Richard Clark. I'm here with uh, Mark Daniels and I'm here with uh, uh, Peter Walters today. Peter is here to speak to us about his experiences working on a fruit farm and uh, just like to, Peter if you want to introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hi, hi guys, I'm uh, pleased to be here, thanks for asking me along. Um, I'm originally from New Zealand and uh, I'm an I'm an architect uh, these days, and I'm an architect by training, but uh, off and on during uh, my student days, really, it started. Uh, I'm originally from New Zealand, so my, during my student days, I, uh, I worked uh, in, on an orchard. You know, it was a, it was, uh, a good source of income. It was a, it's a big business locally where I come from. Um, apple production in New Zealand, as most people are aware, is, is a huge, huge outfit. Um, and I worked off and on there for a number of years. I worked there, and then I went into architecture for a little while, and I came back, and I uh, I, I went uh, sort of a couple of lean years in architecture, I suppose, and I came back to it and worked uh, worked back in the orchard business. And I was a I was a general orchard worker. I did a bit of pruning, tractor work, uh, grass cutting, spraying. I think it's something yes. we're going to talk about today. Um, all sorts of things, really. I mean, but uh, but as I said, Hawkes Bay, where I come from, was a big uh, big orchard area. New Zealand has a large production of uh, apples, and half of that production comes from Hawke's Bay alone, so uh, right. it's big business. Great. Uh, thank you, uh, Peter. So you mentioned there that you obviously had lots of different tasks uh, whilst working on the orchard, and the thing I remember, I, I work with Peter, he's a, he's a client of mine, we were speaking in the gym, and you kind of started to tell me the, the stories about it. Now, Tell me when you used to do the spray, and let's get sort of uh, straight to it, yeah? Tell me the environment that you had to keep your body in uh, when you were doing the spraying. Yeah, okay. Um, spraying's a big subject, so we'll try and sort of keep yeah, it yeah. as simple as possible, yeah, otherwise please, we uh, could be here for days. Yes, of course. Um, we, we sprayed apples, um, or an orchardist would spray an apple for a number of reasons, and... Uh, they, they use sprays to provide the tree with additional nutrition to mm. help the apples grow quicker, which is an yeah. issue, sometimes an issue. Um, for the obvious reasons, to fight fungal disease, bacterial disease, and insect infestations. Mm. Um, they do it to facilitate the thinning process. Um, I'll quickly explain what thinning process is. If you um, allow apples to grow on a tree naturally, um, it'll grow a very large crop, but that only grows to a certain size. So what they do then is you have to thin the apples and basically have to remove a percentage of the apples and that allows the apples, the remaining apples to grow to the size that we see in the supermarket, for example. So it's, a, it's another chemical that they spray on an on apple tree. Um, 
It can be done by hand, the thinning process, but that's quite a labour-intensive, quite a laborious, mm. time-consuming, so the chemical is a quicker solution to that. Um, they spray apples. They spray apples for uh, blush spray, um, and blush spray, if I quickly explain what that is, um, makes the apple the red colour that we like. Yeah. Now, apples don't naturally grow red all the way around, but uh, the supermarket's market research shows that um, the consumer likes to buy a red apple. But apples will grow red on the side that shows that grows to the sun, and they'll go yellow on the other side. And that's what's natural. That's what's natural, yeah. Okay. Very how, how does the spray thin a certain percentage of the apples? Does it just kill all the apples? No, it allows them to drop. It allows some to drop. Don't ask me the mechanics of right. how it works, I'm not really sure, but, but that's what it does, ah. yeah. It's, it kills some of them, basically. Effectively, yeah. yeah. And a lot of what you're talking, Peter, is obviously based at protecting the crop, maximizing yield and profit. Absolutely. So it's all driven yeah. uh, by, by the pound note. Yeah. So um, carry on. What the, 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 last, the last one that, I, that they regularly use is something called holding spray. And a holding, apples, once they grow to maturity, will naturally drop, as we all know. Yes. Um, that doesn't always suit the orchard as time-wise. And sometimes weather conditions make them drop early before they reach full maturity. So they will spray the trees to make the, 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 uh, make the fruit stay on the tree until they're really ready to pick those apples. Right. So, so really that's kind of the major reason that we spray, we spray apples for. But you, you asked me about what I needed to do to, to protect myself whilst doing the spraying. Yeah. But we hear so much about you know, pesticides on our fruit and vegetables affecting our health and our weight loss and things like that. So... It's nice to have somebody who's actually been there and seen it and done it because I've only ever sure. read about this stuff and I've heard it and it's, you know, you hear stuff, you don't, you know, you know there's an element of truth in it, but it's great. So go on, sorry, Peter. So we would spray spray the apples. Um, uh, there'd be a spray program basically put together, and the spray program is strictly administered by the government. You can't um, if you, if you want to export your apples. Um, so the the government. Um, administer the, your, the orchard of spray program. They they control where you buy the, the product, the spray product from, and they check that you've sprayed it in accordance with the rules and regulations. But uh, those chemicals are fairly toxic. So when we did the spraying, spraying is carried out uh, one or two ways. Um, normally with a spray unit towed behind a tractor, and it's basically a big tank that holds a few thousand gallons of spray. It's got a pump on the back, and it fires a, a fine mist as you drive through the rows of apples. I mean, these were big outfits that I worked for. The the, uh, the orchard that I worked on, 200 acres of, of apples, wow. mostly pip fruit, some stone fruit. Pip fruit is um, pears and apples. Stone fruit is apricots, peaches, that sort of thing, and some kiwi fruit. So it was a big operation. Mm. But uh, we would mix the chemicals, put them in the back of the sprayer, before you even started to get anywhere near them, you had to be suited up. So I would wear a fully protective suit, gloves, boots, and a, a helmet with a respirator in it. So I looked like Neil Armstrong, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like a spaceman, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I was completely sealed off from the outside world. Yeah. And these chemicals were pretty toxic. I can remember one experience I had. I, gra I grabbed a bag of chemicals before we started the spraying, before I put my gloves on. And I got some on the back of my hand and it burnt the skin of my hand. And that's in its concentrated form. Obviously, they're diluted. We mix it with water and everything. Yeah. But uh, the spraying would normally take place in the mornings. So you do it sort of 5 o'clock in the morning before the wind gets up. 
and uh, we'd be out there and we were like stealth bombers, you know, and we'd have to do it without the wind because obviously um, you want the you want the spray on the trees, not halfway down the road. Yes, yes. So we'd be out there in our spacesuits, yeah, spraying apples. Yeah, maybe the middle of the night or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So go, go on, you do. No, no. I hear figures, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this or, or if Mark is, but. There's over 300 different chemicals used on, a, on a, an apple. Is, is that uh, kind of are they mixtures of chemicals? Each one which you listed, which has different purposes. Yeah. Are they formulations as opposed to one single kind of chemical? They're a bit of a kind of mix-up of uh, lots of different chemicals. That, that, um, that's quite possible. Um, and different countries probably have different ways of doing it. I mean. Um, China apparently now is the largest exporter of apples in the world, right. Clo- f- closely followed by America. So um, mm. this is all driven by um, the import-export market. And, and the UK is a big importer of apples. They, they import, I think this is right, they import twice as many as they grow in this country. Okay? So right. for every, yes. every one apple they grow in this country, they import two more. Now, the import restrictions, the rules and regulations are obviously quite stringent. And understandably, we all understand why that is, you know, as far as importing pests or anything else into this country. And sadly for us, spraying is an effective way of meeting those requirements. No cross-border contamination. No, no. no. So that's a pro, a positive of it uh, in a... a So you couldn't really import organic... Uh, type apples etc because once they're not sprayed would they be certified to be able to be I know they do import organic foods um, so that's a really good point yeah of course if you you can import them and they're not sprayed Mm. it's going to be benefit isn't it yeah yeah it's more risk so that is as you say why they well one of the reasons they justify it as I said along with the reasons we said with uh, the money and, and things like that were you able to observe any other effects of the spraying? For example, you know what it would do, you know, to people generally. Would you, you know, would you feel a little bit sick at all, just sort of coming and going from that? If you worked there for a long time, or were there any animal, you know, was there anything else that you can um, remember that uh, was a sign that uh, these characters are pretty nasty and we don't want them? There was always a lot of discussion locally about people who lived near orchards. Um, about um, birth defects, respiratory problems, that okay. sort of stuff. There was there was always incidents of of that locally, where that where that sort of thing, those occurrences of those sort of illnesses were quite common, mm. or there were pockets of them. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, the government were never too sympathetic. Put it that way. Did you uh, did you notice? Was there much bird life there on the apples? Yeah, the well, birds were a problem with. The, the birds were a problem with the apples. Um, yeah. Most orchards have to employ some sort of bird deterrent sure. type device. I mean, scare type device. They weren't killing birds, don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but they'd have, if you, if you live around there, there's, there's the noise of the guns going off all the time. Sure. And it's just a, a thing that device, makes a noise. So a device that makes a noise right, to scare yeah. the birds. Sure. But no, I couldn't say I ever noticed anything. Put the, the, the chemicals didn't put the birds off even that's, that's no. what I was thinking. Yeah, that's good logic, you no. know. Um, yeah. The birds were definitely a problem to orchardists. Sure. The birds and orchardists weren't exactly good friends. What about other sort of animals and stuff? Were they, were they a problem there or not, not really so? Not, not that I was aware yeah. of, no. 
I'm right. just thinking about the environment. You know, if the birds were eating them, then it, maybe it's not such a problem if the birds are eating them. Yeah. But then birds might eat anything they carry, for goodness sake. So they might, <laughs> they yeah, might yeah, eat anything, yeah. right? But just, you know, Animals' instincts can sometimes yeah, be a, yeah. a sign, as you yeah. say, for yeah. it's just an interesting yeah. uh, sort of point yeah. there. My dog won't eat, won't eat um, monosodium glutamate, it just won't go near it. No. You know, no. If you have, you have Chinese, it'll eat a curry, but it won't eat, won't eat the Chinese. It won't eat sweet and sour sauce. Unbelievable. It won't go anywhere near it. See, yeah, so and that well, as you say, and you've um, perhaps we've all seen the butter and margarine test, yeah, yeah, uh, where you put a plate with some butter and margarine on it outside on a hot day, and the butter will be gone pretty yes. quickly by the ants, but the, the margarine will be there still yeah. at the end of the day, sort of thing. So, as you say, nature does know best, anyway. So, Peter, anything else uh, that uh, you um, got there on your research? Um, no, not specifically. I mean, I'll a lot of it is is commercially driven. There's no yes. doubt about it. It's yeah. yeah. a commercial thing. I mean, to go back to the thing with the holding spray, uh, mm. the the thinning spray that grows that makes the apples grow to a uniform size as well. And um, this is really no benefit as far as we are concerned. The consumer is concerned insofar as they need those apples to go to a certain size because once they're picked, they go through a whole process that isn't touched by a human hand. In, with modern technology they are packed by machine but only a certain size apple goes into that machine they go into those trays that go into the boxes that end up on the supermarket shelves the supermarkets like them all the same size so that we when we buy uh, a four pack of apples that all those four apples are the same size they can't really cope with them yeah. if they're different sizes but those things are of no benefit no. to you and I but we do buy things that look nice we do That's, indeed you know, buy with if, your eye you know, if, if you look at four apples and they all look nice red and thing and you sort of see four uh, you know cups of pippins that are all a bit manky we won't buy them you won't buy them and that's why Golden Delicious took off isn't it because it looked nice yeah. it looked nice big you know, crisp apples and then the, the, the Cox's Pippins went down the tube didn't they you didn't see them because these big French apples were so good mm. I mean all, you know that's the thing everyone's got a lot of money invested in this and Let's be fair, money runs the world, doesn't it? That's, yeah. the, that's the way it works. That's all decisions I mean, are made, yes. A, an orchardist, for example, from the time he plants a tree sapling to the time they get a crop that they can sell is five years. Now, five years is an awful long time before you make any money of it. So by the time he gets to that point where he's selling those apples, he needs those apples. Yes, yes. Pretty bad. Well, I fear the instances, just to go off track slightly, of when there was potato blight a few years back in the UK that... They gave the government gave organic farmers permission to use pesticides to minimise the damage and the loss to the crop because yield and profit and the business side of it overrides every other thing. So even in the UK where those potatoes were farmed organically and everything, but up to a point, as soon as there was any trouble, they were given permission to go non-organic, but the potatoes were still sold as organic. They weren't then taken out because they were organic for that time, I guess. So it's, it's a bit of sorry, a bit of BS around it all, isn't there? And um, the money side of it does um, change what should be done and what is actually done. And, and I don't care what people say; it is money makes the decisions. Unfortunately, a lot of the time. Yeah. What Peter about? I remember we spoke. I've written about this on the blog and the the lists which have been produced for I think up to eight, nine, maybe ten years now if I'm not uh, uh, mistaken. The, the Dirty Dozen the dirty and the dozen. Clean Fifteen. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, 
apples are on the dirty dozen. Sadly, uh, sadly, uh, the, the good old apple makes it on top of the list mm. most years. Yeah, it's one of the, the fruits on vegetables which, is, which has the highest amount of pesticide, re, pesticide residue. And of course, that's what is measured on fruits by this uh, group who produce these lists. They, they take a, a lot of time and effort and they go out and they, they measure what residue is left after all the spraying and all the rain and all the natural things, how much residue is still left and apples win by, I think, a, a country, country mile, mile sort of thing there. And um, it's if anybody wants to have a little check that out, just type in Dirty Dozen or Clean 15 or go on to the, the blog and I've written a series of, of articles on organic foods there. Um, I mean, sadly, you know, the apple, the apple is 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 top of the list, really. Hmm. Um, apple a day keeps the yeah. I, 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 way, I, Mark. I, uh, what can you say to that now? Then what about peeling it? Ah, peeling there we go. Okay, yeah. yeah. Go on. Um, peeling it is what a lot of people do to to uh, to remo- you know they remove they, lots of the residue. Yeah. The majority of the aroma and the taste of an apple is contained within the skin. And the majority of the nutrients of an apple are contained just below the skin. Mm. So, in my opinion, mm. peeling it defeats the object. So you might as well be cardboard, is that what you're saying? Mm. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's, I, you know, what's left, I'm sure there is some goodness yes, in what's left, yeah. but... Uh, it's a bit like potato then, isn't it? Clearly, most of the goodness is in the in skin, skin and, and not the underneath the, it. Yeah. Again, all the pesticides are there as well, so... Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's apple is, is one fruit that we do eat the skin. Yeah. It's a lot of, yeah. a lot yeah. of fruit yeah. we peel, don't we, for yeah. some reason. And I've been mentored by a chap who I'm about to interview, hopefully soon, called Phil Richards. I've mentioned him a couple of times, and he, you know, he specifically says if you're going to eat or buy anything organic... Uh, he says two things specifically: apples, and the second one is coffee. Uh, and for the for the same reasons, apples are on on his his, his top two is the same reason coffee's there, because again, it's it's a very valuable uh, commodity, and it's uh, sprayed. You know, well, so I want to use a better word: sprayed to death um, right the way through its its growth. So they are pretty much soaked in the stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the only problem with coffee though is sometimes if you buy the organic coffee, you're full of fungi. Which again can cause you problems. So you've got you've got two different problems there. You've got one is organic with fungi, and the other one is with spraying and no fungi. Well, I, I certainly and wouldn't want, uh, as you say, any other fungi. Yeah, no, that's right. It's very yeah. difficult. Very yeah. Difficult. yeah. So, what coffee do you, you've got me thinking? What coffee do you use then? I, I'm not going to say because no. it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's got toxic and fungus. Yeah. So, oh, you just have to give me in work, which is yeah. probably not very good. You're a doctor, you'll drink anything, won't yeah. you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. do less of it than I do, you're all right. <laughs> that, no, coffee, yes, it's something that you, I need to address, but I certainly haven't yet. Yes. I think I think we move around so much and have coffee wherever we can, especially mm. if you like, like it like I do. It's, mm. It's very difficult. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether Costa, Starbucks, or any of them. Yeah. I don't know whether any of them are any good or not. Yeah. I think it's something well worth having a look into. Maybe we should do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it might be worth uh, doing a bit of research on yeah. that. Uh, I, I think one I of the only things. I drink organic fungi coffee. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things with organic is it's difficult at this point, isn't it, to define organic? Yeah. What you and I have in our minds of, uh, is what is organic. Mm. Um, uh, some of it's 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 a bit like low fat food, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just got not as much fat as the as the full fat product. Yeah. Organic is it completely organic? We always think of organic, no chemical has touched it. Yeah. But that's not necessarily no, the definition. Yeah, and I think no. I think that if they put it on supermarket shelves and they call it organic, I don't quite know what the requirements are to have that label. 
But I, I don't think it's strict as we'd like to think it is. Uh, in the last interview, the lady I spoke to was uh, a doctor in animal nutrition and she's very informed on this. And she said, basically what you're buying when you buy organic is you're buying into a farming practice and a, and a way of farming. And a, she said it's more, almost more along the ethical and the moral kind of lines. Now, great, that's, that's all well and good. But sometimes, obviously, that costs you money. Ethics and morals cost you money. And if you haven't got that... So it's nice to kind of know, as she said, that with your meat specifically and British produce, it has very little chemical exposure. Very, very little chemical exposure. People can listen to the podcast with the animal nutritionist uh, for more information on that. But what she said in in a nutshell was that the fields are only fertilised with natural fertilisers. There aren't any pesticides used in Wales because grass grows uh, very efficiently. And the food that they're fed is all also natural um, and, and it's mostly grass based and it's sometimes supplemented with some cereals which are also naturally grown not processed and also given the animal and things which have gone on for hundreds of years so in Wales organic beef for example is not going to be any better quality and taste wise than a normal Welsh grass fed uh, steak or, or whatever you want to get from your butchers so yeah I, I was full on into organic, but now I'm picking and choosing a bit more and, and buying local um, yeah. and, and, and buying British is, is, is a very good safeguard because our regulations and standards in this country are very, very good. I think buying local is a good idea. I mean, it yeah. reduces its you know, small carbon footprint. Yeah. That's another conversation, yeah, perhaps. But, you know. Well, I know you're, you're, you're an ethical, moral type of guy. You, you care about the bloody environment like, like Mark and I do. And if you can... Well, I think it's quite funny that my next-door neighbour is an SUV driver and he takes Pembrokeshire potatoes up to somewhere up north in Warrington or somewhere for them to be made, you know, to be packed for Tesco's or whatever, and they get shipped back to Tesco's in... in so it's weird as well, yeah. So it's like, this has got to be wrong. Guess, There's something crazy. wrong here. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's right. The distance your food travels is... Uh, I, I believe, though, like I do with a lot of these things, the real answer is lies with the consumer. Yeah. And it is commercial pressure, isn't it? Supermarkets only stock what they think people will buy. Oh, yeah, yeah. If we stop buying them, they'll yeah. stop selling them. Supermarkets are not yeah. stupid, are they? Yeah. You can see that with the Waitrose trend at the moment. They can't open them quick enough because people are demanding a better quality food. But what worries me is that they market according to the consumer. In other words, if you live in a poor area, you've got to take Tesco's. If you live yes. in a poor area, you will get Tesco's that's got four hours of pasties. If you're in a rich area, it's got four hours of guacamole. Right. Not exactly. Yes, like yes, that, yes, but you along mean, those lines. You will not get in the run in the run the valley or in the run the Cantaf, you will not get guacamole, say, or avocado stocked in Tesco's. Yes. You get you know, hundreds yes, of yes. different varieties in, in Forest Bar. Yes. So it, it, it is unfair that some people who want to eat healthily would have to travel to buy food. Yeah. Because yeah. you cannot get them in, in certain areas. We certainly experience a lot of that in Wales, yeah. uh, for sure. Um, and that, yeah, and that varies within Wales, doesn't it? Area to yes. area. You go Absolutely. to different places, um, mm. different parts of Swansea, different supermarkets, yeah. the same brand, stock different products. Absolutely, depends on the area. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in Glenith, where I work, I could, there was only one piece of white fish in the co-op. 
There was no oily fish. There was nothing else. There was just one piece. Of, I went and looked for some mm. fish for lunch. And mm. there was just one piece of wax and it looked pretty manky. Yes. And there was nothing else there. And I asked them, you know, do they still have, I said, good luck, avocados again. I went, have you got any avocados? And they went, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what one was the, so, run, mate, the running joke with me is I didn't have an avocado till I was 30 so yeah. in Wales <laughs> our nutritional our nutritional IQ yes, is low, low isn't yeah, it you know? and, and I wasn't exposed to these foods yeah. I'm a normal working class Welsh boy I come from a poor family we had uh, not much money not much food uh, not embarrassed to say it I didn't have I don't know, an olive or a, or a bloody no. avocado no. or salami or any of these things. It's it's more normal, perhaps, and, and, yeah. than it is not oh, yeah, in yeah, Wales, yeah. especially yeah. sort of down here, you know. Sure. But, but so, you haven't got a choice. It, it, yeah, isn't, we don't have isn't fresh uh, vegetables in a lot of places. No. It's not easy to get fresh vegetables. You know the, the vegetable counter. I mean, it's not quite as bad as in America, where they in in the Walmart the gun counter is bigger than the vegetable. <laughs> counter. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Not quite yeah. There, yeah. yeah, it's not quite as bad as that. So, coming back to uh, toxins, I guess is the theme uh, for today. Obviously, we've had a specific case study and, and and some some great kind of real life experience from an orchard in New Zealand. Kind of message mark really coming away from all this we don't want people to be scared to eat an apple no we'd rather for eat, start eat an this. apple than you eat a, a pasty right I mean, so so there's sure. that a toxic apple is better than I call it a toxic a sprayed apple is better than no apple at all sure. um, but if you can and you do have the choice literally organic apples are about 15-20% more expensive than a normal apple it is worth yeah. trying in this instance I think or Buy a British apple. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're sprayed, aren't they? Under well, I, I would imagine they are, but I... You don't have to travel so far, so maybe yeah. they haven't got to be preserved as well. Yeah, maybe we've got more they're regulations. Yeah. We watch this space, we'll do some research on that, and I'll try sure. and find somebody who works in an orchard in the UK so we can compare and it contrast the, yeah. the, the kind of difference there. But It, it is getting better. I, I know um, over the years that I've been involved in it, and I still have a lot of friends who are still involved in it. Mm. Um, I mean, the spray programs used to be um, run by the calendar, basically. It's Tuesday, we'll spray kind of thing. They are more reactive now to the, to the, to the tree, crop. to the crop. They do look at it. If it doesn't need spraying, I mean, obviously, again, there's a commercial interest there. They mm. don't need to spray it. They don't. So money, it saves yeah. them some money. But, uh, but I do think, you know, they are under pressure from the consumer to produce a cleaner apple. Yeah, that was a really good point you made, and I think we probably skipped over it. We choose what they sell. Absolutely. As you yeah. say, and that's a, yeah. something which, if we demand, and, and there was a report that the doctor said yesterday when I recorded the last podcast in the uh, on the radio, she said, and it was saying that they're queuing up the doors of butchers in the last three or four yeah. months, and it's it's suggested it's as a result of the horse meat scandal yeah. yes. uh, that driver or that kind of um, change in behavior and when we change our behavior the supermarkets jump and and the fastest growing area within a supermarket at the moment organic yeah I'm sure. you know so we yeah. are perhaps creating the change peter we are creating it as yeah. consumers if they find out the customers are interested and that's what their customers will spend their money on they will change their habits yeah they'll take your money quite happily absolutely great Anything else, Peter, that you wanted to add there, really, to share? Because the, the main purpose of the show is to provide people with information so they can make an informed decision to uh, protect their health. Because it is protection. 
out there at the moment. You've got a bit of self-defence going on. So, anything? Are we happy we covered it all? I, I'm good with that. I think, I think that's it in a nutshell. I think it's all about us um, making an informed choice about what we're eating. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't eat apples by any stretch of mm. imagination. Mm. Um, no, no. You'd never be allowed back into New Zealand. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. And uh, Peter's uh, surname, Peter Walters, he's uh, from Swansea, he's an architect, and uh, well, if you can get in with him, we'd be very lucky. Uh, he's sort of very uh, exclusive with the clientele, oh, I think. Uh, Flattery will get you everywhere. Well, uh, yeah, I know yeah. that. There's not uh, a lie there. So um, I think, um, anyway, if Peter uh, around here wanted to speak to you, uh, Peter's a good man. Mark, um, tell everybody where they can find out more information about you, my friend. Uh, they can go on our website, which is revolutionaryhealth.co.uk, and they can email me from there. And uh, I'm sure they'll want to get hold of you as well, Rich. So Great, yeah. Usual spiel from me. We're still collecting questions for our Q&As. We would love to hear if you have any questions about exercise, health, nutrition, anything we've spoken about email them in you can email at the mark on his website you can email them to me on info at richard-clark.co.uk and we'll be sure to give you our best advice and answer those uh, for you in the next q a thank you very much hope you enjoyed uh, that's bye from me rich that's bye from me peter thank you and goodbye from me mark bye bye you me and the gp radio show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice, and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic, and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.